Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story driven and rules light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. everybody welcome to otherworld london season three which is kind of amazing this is episode 25 first before we start i want to say thank you to all our patreon backers we really appreciate it and we're doing a solo game we do this with all of the players at some point we have a solo game so we can get to know them and abria is joining the cast this year so we are doing her solo game right now and i just introduced her kind of but she's going to introduce herself as well so abria hi i'm abria Iyengar, and i'm going to be playing dr lisette powell london surgeon md ma <laughs> oh no i said a drug <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the uh, during during this time and well into the 20th century, all the German chemists are coming up with stuff that is like literally going to fuck everybody up. <laughs> LSD, yep, everything. Like They're literally, so bored. yeah, they are. Like, <laughs> what are we making today? I don't know. I want a person with the. When I look at someone, I want them to have four heads. How do we make that happen? <laughs> Heinrich, I made a thing. When you lick it, it makes the walls melt. Yes, I. Do you will. want to try it? <laughs> They should start a world war. We're going to keep making weird the drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. You are one of the first students of the first female medical school. Basically, it's an all-women's school. Read the name again for me. Yes. So uh, I studied under Dean Elizabeth Garrett Anderson at the London School of Medicine for Women. Yeah. So Dr. Anderson was actually the first board certified surgeon, trained doctor. And we were saying before we came on that uh, there were probably lots of other women because I think there was three or four others that were with her when they, yeah. but she's the, she's kind of the main uh, driving force. So you studied underneath her and you're a surgeon as well. The great thing about being a doctor is if you see something terrible that's natural, like a you know, mangled corpse or whatever, mm. you don't have to take a sanity check Ooh. because you're already I see them all the time. Yeah, you're used to it already. It's upsetting, but not in a like permanent way. Right, exactly. <laughs> so just a quick recap, because most of this doesn't apply so much to your character because your character is working into the game. Mm -hmm. At the end of last season, the ladies were able to stop Mabel from bringing this horrible outer God into our reality. Yes. And in doing so, they killed Mabel and they realized that they're going to have to deal with Sir Nunos and all of these other entities that have popped up in London. Yeah. Your character has been out of school for a while now, probably like, I want to say five to yes. eight years. Yes. And you have noticed around town that there are these large trees that have burst up in the middle of abandoned 
houses and things like that, just seemingly overnight, but no one seems to be really bothered by them. So you make a lot of house calls and, uh, you know, as well as working at the, the hospital, where do you think in the grand scheme of London, and I don't know how much you know about the layout, mm. but, um, Very little. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to be in the thick of it in the East end or would you gravitate more towards the, the workhouses or like what area do you think you'd want to, to be at? Um, I think because she's so focused on sort of being part of this like emerging middle class mm-hmm. of like people who can and are able to achieve social status via hard work and like this meritocracy. Uh, if there's a place in the city that's sort of like up and yeah, right. up and coming. Yeah. The factories and the docks. And exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. She doesn't necessarily want to be like a charity doctor. Like, right. I'm going to like help the poor. Like, unfortunately not really her MO. Okay. She wants to be visible and thinks she will find the most success with people who are like the most accepting of her and everything that she's bringing. Well, and the working class at the docks and at factories and things like that have a lot of accidents and things that need surgeons. Absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense. So as you're going throughout your day, this messenger comes up and goes, uh, uh, lady, are are you a doctor? Oh, I am, yes. Um, I missed a... Dr. Powell. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, no, you're sorry. you're fine. Continue. Uh, well, Dr. Um, uh, Graves, uh, Harold mm. Graves. Harold, uh, yes. He, um, he requests you come by his uh, lab after you're done with your, your work out here. And you're in the middle of, like, the, like, the factory district, right? Yeah. And uh, you have no idea how how this kid found you, but somehow <laughs> he he was able to find you. Yeah. Uh, so when you, at your earliest convenience, can you please come by and meet with uh, Mr. Graves? Uh, not a problem. Thank you. Ooh, what was your name? Gerald, and yes. runs off. Ah, oh, yes, Gerald. <laughs> I will remember you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute! I don't have a last name. I'm dead. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> what am I gonna do? And I think uh, she's between, generally speaking, when she leaves in the morning, she kind of just heads in this direction, knowing that, like, something's going to happen because the wheels of progress roll over the backs of uh, workers. And she's just sort of at a cafe, like, reading the newspaper, absently nibbling on a pencil and just sort of waiting to be heralded. So she was surprised at Gerald's appearance, but like, okay, a thing to do and sort of gets up and like grabs her bag and okay. her very large coat. She's covered from like neck to fucking heaven, just all the way down. Right. Right. Yeah. There is no imp- impropriety at yes, all. Not at all. And do you have like a schmuck or something that's just like <laughs> covered in? Cause you're a surgeon. Yeah. Is everything pristine or do you like have a, schmock that's covered in stuff or how do, how do you do that like you're sitting there drinking are yeah. you to the nines or does it look like you've worked oh, throughout the day? What time of day is it? I would say <laughs> it's, it's I would say it's pretty close to the end of the day for you. Okay. So. Uh, she has like a pinafore situation that she like kind of like loops around her neck and ties around her waist and like is part as like kind of like buttoned onto her outfit that can cover like 
the main splash zones. Okay. And and though she tries her absolute best, she churns through blouses. Like, yeah. just because the sleeves always get dipped in a bit of the human condition. Vitriol? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, an icker, if you will. <laughs> I love that word, icker. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if it's towards the end of the day, she's at the point where she's rolled up her, her blouse sleeves but then has like an undershirt on too. So you still aren't seeing any of her skin. Right. Also, I just want to say up top that I am playing a, a black woman. Right. I and I am say sorry. That. I should have Oh no, you're good. There's that. nothing for you to like mention. She's just, her hair is natural, but like caught up in that same, like very like proper updo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's wearing glasses. She wears them all the time. She knows that like, she has the little chain for them to like put them away. But at this point, She's more about function and, like, getting in there. So she just wears her glasses all the time. Right, right. They're always a little soiled. Like, those are the most obvious signs of, like, how long a day she's had. Right. Because they get schmutz on them all the time. Because she also uses them, like, in surgery to kind of splash guard. So Right. And you you had mentioned when we talked about this character that you're a bit of a germaphobe, too. Yes. Yes. That's good to know. Very upsetting to touch stuff. Stuff with her hands. (laughs) germs are like they're just starting to talk about like whether or not they should wash their hands right oh my goodness yeah so you finish your your tea and whatever and your biscuit and you head over to harold graves place now harold is a mortician Mm -hmm. you know that he sometimes supplies though autopsies are legal schools have some strict controls on them and like doing any kind of autopsy on a woman is like verbatim yeah absolutely yeah um so he provides a service Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily legal (laughs) but crucial crucial it's important yes he is a skinny really pale mm-hmm. not just like english pale yeah. like deathly pale kind of guy <laughs> who's always in his laboratory with very little sunlight mm-hmm. when you walk through the door you're automatically hit by the smell Ugh. this is like really like there's some really strong decay going on yeah. you smell blood mm. you hear the sounds of flies fighting over some kind of piece of something yep there are steps leading down into his main laboratory mm-hmm. and he's got all of these different tables the tables are wooden so the blood and bile and whatever else yeah. is seeping into the wood oh, no. and there's a big grate underneath the floor where it all kind of drains down into mm, the he's, height of hygiene right he's got a like when you do surgery you always clean up your stuff yeah he's got just a a bucket with a bunch of instruments thrown in together oh god bless him and he's got on a schmuck like you do yeah but it's it's crusty like he's got different layers so this is hell yes this is bad for you i he's such a dear friend and i do literally feel like virgil just descending into the ninth level of hell (laughs) when i see you harold my good friend oh oh my uh Oh, I'm glad they found you. Oh, um, yes. 
Uh, Detective Wilcox will be out in a second. He's oh. from Scotland Yard and, and wanted to talk to us about a, a project uh, uh, for these uh, dearly departed that I'm working on right now. And he kind of puts his arms out yes. as if he's showing you the prize or something at some oh. carnival. And there are four bodies lined up on these tables, mm-hmm. all covered. He goes, I need your help because uh, you're a surgeon. And when the Detective Wilcox came over and started speaking, to me about what he needs mm-hmm. I thought of you first come down here I want to show you, you all the oh, stuff your enthusiasm belies how absolutely maddening this is thank you and she's sort of like frozen into this like rictus of like she's pained yeah by this display and ugh. and to give you an idea he's a good-looking guy but he's a guy that needs a hamburger like he's yeah, got absolutely. no he's got he's very gaunt yeah and everything. he's like 45 so he's just far enough away mm. to him it's like oh, it's, it doesn't matter yeah just throw it all together Ugh. it's fine oh god you've been doing this for far too long yes can we get someone uh sorry above game yeah do we know uh, like does anyone here work with him like can i order someone to make a pot of tea i think she has like that very like it's semi-maternal instinct to like take care of him and if she can't like i don't think she understands like get this boy a hamburger and it's like right maybe a cup of tea yeah will make you look less like one of your corpses uh we could say that he has an understudy yeah okay a undertaker understudy (laughs) so an undertaker study anyway i've that bit is now done um We'll just call him James because that's as English as I can get right yep, now. Yep, I feel you. So you tell James. Yes, James, my yes, sweet dog, please put on a cup of your strongest tea. Sure, ma'am. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Also, I thought we talked about this before. Well, that you have to be the one to clean up after him. This is unacceptable. I, I did clean up, ma'am. I went around and, and got all the... But that man is... A crustacean. He looks like a barnacle covered in Do you know how hard it is to get that off of him? He wears it all the time. Well, I mean, how you treat your personal time with the illustrious Dr. Graves is on you. But this is unacceptable. All right, I'll do my best to get it away and get to the washerwomen if I can. But I, I, I... I don't, it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to cut it off of him with uh, something. <laughs> oh my, you you have your work cut out for you. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> I'll go get tea. Yes. Thanks, ma'am. With some lemon if you have it. I just, the antiseptic. I feel ill. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, Harold. <laughs> and then she kind of sweeps into the room. She like grabs her dress. Uh, she's normally very modest. Like, right. And doesn't want to distract from the good work that she right, does. Right, right. By any part of her body, but she is hiking her skirts up. God like, forbid it touches the If it ground. touches, I will burn the outfit yeah. and be a nudist, I suppose. <laughs> this is horrible. This is horrible. So just then, as you're going over the tables, this detective walks out from the mm-hmm. back. And he looks like he's probably just recently been ill. Oh, okay. He's a very attractive man who's probably six foot tall with brown hair that's kind of slicked back and he's got on a full suit and everything. Nice. Uh, can I just ask, how are the mutton chops? They're, I love a good chop. They're they're pretty choppy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. They're they're not like mm. they're not like English general choppy, yeah, but okay. they're they're there, <laughs> right? So, you oh, know. He's a keeper. They're, like they're not like the general's chops, but they're there. James, um, the tea. I'm quite thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
You must be Doctor uh, Powell. Oh, Doctor Powell. So please make your acquaintance. It's and nice she doesn't to want you. to like offer her hand. She is not a huge fan of touching. Usually, I don't have a. I'm sorry. I was I was taken ill by uh, what we have to deal with here. Oh. I usually don't have a problem, but for some reason, the atmosphere caused my constitution to take a bit of a dip. Oh, I understand so. completely. You Thank just you. arrived, uh, yes. Mr. I mean, Dr. Graves hasn't said anything to you about what, what's going on? No, I believe he was waiting for you for the grand reveal. Oh, okay. Well, we believe we may have a serial murderer on our hands. Oh, no. And you can tell that Graves does not agree with where this is going. Okay. But isn't saying anything. He kind of, there's something in his eyes that, that you kind of pick up on. Nice. And like, Ugh. And I think at this point, Lisette has like folded her arms and mm-hmm. she's like slowly pushing her glasses up on her face and trying to like, she's taken enough of a step back and away from the two of them in order to desert, like to uh, sort of observe them both as a... Right. Uh, the constable is speaking. Right. She's trying to like, all right. Right. We'll analyze everything that's being said. And just as, just as important as the words are like the, like body language that's being delivered. Absolutely. Hmm. He goes, I've been investigating this group. They're called the Royal London spiritual society. Hmm. They're another one of these, uh, groups of ladies that get together and try to speak with ghosts and things like yes, that. the ladies who say aren't quite aware. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, there's one in particular that has a group of four women that keeps creating corpses everywhere they go, and I've been, I've been tracking them for the last year and a half, unbeknownst to them. My word. And I need someone who is educated with a medical background who could possibly join their group and report back what they find. That sounds amazing. I just can't imagine a world in which Harold would agree to that. He's not much of a talker. No, no. See, I need a... (laughs) Yes, I understand. Okay, good. Good. Anyway, yes. (laughs) So I wanted to show you why this is so important. These are people that have been affected two of them are not here because unfortunately they were buried and it happened a while ago so they really don't Mm. help us with the situation absolutely the first corpse that we have over here is of a young man named tommy tommy yes he worked as a footman at lord tillis's house he was seen a lot with one of the members her name was maggie cooper Mm mm-hmm and again, Graves kind of gives this weird look mm-hmm. and he lifts the sheet off of Tommy and the back of Tommy's head is blown out and oh. the front of Tommy's head is blown out. Like literally it's like a canoe. Oh my gosh. He goes, yes, it's, it's hard to look at, but we found Tommy several blocks away from his home where he was working. And when we talked with the other servants, they had seen Tommy with this Maggie Cooper mm-hmm. and another one of her associates, Alizé Carew. So that's the first one. Okay. And I think the moment uh, the corpse is revealed, she like kind of scopes the head. Mm-hmm. And then like propriety and all of her breeding have dictated that she like clutch her pearls and jump away. And then that like 
intense educational medical curiosity overtakes her and like without even thinking she's like reaching into like the pockets of her pinafore and like tying it loose she's made like a a silk scarf into a sort of like mask when she knows things are going to smell badly it's right heavily scented with like peppermint oil just because Harold, this isn't the first time she and Harold have right. like, looked at corpses and she ties it around her head immediately and is going to go in for like a closer look. Right. So give me just a medicine roll. You want to use your percentage die and just roll against your your percentage that you have. Just a straight up roll. So I have 70 written there. Okay. So hopefully it should be good. And I rolled a 78. Okay. Did I do okay? Um, I think you, I rolled too high. <laughs> you rolled too high. Yep. So basically... I'm going to say because you have a little extra time, you clearly see that it's a gunshot wound, mm-hmm. that it was close up. You can't really tell at what angle it happened. Yeah. That's basically it. Gotcha. So you just barely missed it. If you took a little bit more time, mm-hmm. but you're listening to him yeah, and whatever. It's, yeah. She's just sort of... Yeah. I think she went, ooh, some sort of gunshot and like didn't overthink it and is sort of just inspecting right. the rest of him while also being distracted by like listening to the story while also being distracted by trying to like think about uh, right. Harold's reaction to all of this so she's not inspecting it very yeah, closely. Yeah, no, no problem. He goes, this is the most recent corpse that we have from this group that we've been following. There's also Lord and Lady Tillis that I, I spoke of. They're both yes. missing oh. at this point. And another woman, um, Kate Plum, mm-hmm. who was part of the original seance group. Yes. They broke apart from these four. And the four have, as I said, been kind of creating these bodies. Or at least I think they are, but I don't have enough proof. Okay. Anyway. He goes to the next thing mm-hmm. and he pulls the thing off and it's this, it looks like a dock worker. You've seen the outfit before. Yeah. He's got his whole chest is ripped open and he's got no heart. Like his, his insides have been ripped out and it looks like an animal has ripped him apart. Oh my gosh. So like, this is, mm, yes. Oh, my sainted aunt. We, uh. We found this poor fellow in an alleyway, and we were told by several witnesses that, uh, again, it was Maggie Cooper and Alizé Carew and another woman, Eugenia Pinbottom. I don't know if the fourth woman was there. Uh, Excuse me. Unless these four ladies are, in fact, some sort of, like, land-faring sharks, how could they have done this? We don't... That's the thing. That's why I'm asking you as a professional. We keep finding these grotesque scenes. Yes. And we need more information. It doesn't make any sense that a woman would rip apart a a person like this. And there's no connection between this corpse... There's a connection with Tommy, but not with this person. But they were in the area, and they were seen... Right before the body was found. My lord. So it's a very valid question. Mm. That's why we need you. We need somebody that can gain their trust and maybe get just enough information that we can find out what's going on. Especially when it comes to Lord and Lady Tillis being missing. Yes. You would like to find them before they become... Whatever this is. 
Yes, another example of this savagery. Right. And he takes you to the third body. Mm -hmm. And he lifts the sheet up. And it's this woman. She looks like she's... Okay, so everyone back then looked older than they do now. (laughs) So we have lotion. Um... That one got me. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> the invention of germs and lotion. The invention of lotion. You know, but uh, if you had to guess, she's probably 45. Okay. But she's definitely led a hard life. Mm-hmm. She goes, um, this woman, from what we are told, her name is uh, Fran. She was a prostitute in the East End. Ugh, unfortunate. And uh, she used to work with... Again, Maggie Cooper. So we have three people all associated with the the women. Yes. Now, here's the unfortunate part. Miss Cooper has left England. I don't know why, but she headed across the channel and has basically disappeared. But the other three are still here. Okay. So I was... Hoping that maybe you could look over these bodies, take whatever notes you can, find out what you can, and then we could pay a call on them, maybe befriend one of them. Alizé Carew is probably going to be the easiest one. She's a shopkeeper. Okay. And she isn't married yet. I don't know what that's supposed to mean or imply. Well, I mean, at some point, women feel an urge for marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. <laughs> Dude, the Graves just like, you know, uh-huh. just like takes his tea yes. and walks that yes. the other way. Yes, good. Um, but anyway. Thank you for explaining to me the biological urges of women. My education until this point was incomplete. No, I understand. It's hard to understand all oh these things. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what would I do without you? Yeah. Continue. <laughs> anyway, if, if you could somehow insinuate yourself into the group and ask some questions... Any information you could get would be so helpful. Um, she spends her name of her shop is uh, Curiosity and uh, Curiosity and oh, I'm forgetting and I have to look at my notes. <laughs> oh, Curious and Curiosities. It's oh, that's clever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is this something you could do for us? You'll be paid, of course. Oh, I naturally assumed we were going to be discussing my retainer at some point. But Yes. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I was horrified by what I'm seeing here. It's pretty bad. And, and we do suggest that you get in and get out as quickly as possible. Oh, Find out what information you can. If what I think is correct, uh, they're quite dangerous. And you don't want to get in their wake as it were. Absolutely. Their leader, it it goes, in my opinion, it switches back and forth between the American Ethel, who has been in Bedlam before. Oh. Yes. She, um... How very American of She, um... Yes, she... She couldn't keep it together for some reason. Mm -hmm. And she's a widow. I started by watching her after the death of Rose. Rose was a young lady that was a part of the seance club or whatever. And uh, she died while she was at Athel's house. And so now we have literally 
six bodies that that are connected to these people so be careful and um you know try not to stir them up i guess is what i'm saying oh you know how easy women are to stir up absolutely (laughs) well let it be said that your willingness to allow me to throw myself into uh the heart of danger is quite forward thinking despite everything else you've said today so quite uh, right (laughs) just yep oh she's she adores him at this point this little monster you can count on my services thank you find out whatever i can you can find me um of course at scotland yard um if you need anything just please let me know and uh good luck to you i i know you'll you'll want to look over these bodies yes thank you so he heads out after doing a dip and whatever and graves comes over and goes um you were very restrained there i'm quite in quite quite impressed with that I'm sure you deal with it on a daily basis. No, never, never that bad. <clears throat> never to that extent. No. The, the, the more money someone has, the, the more oblivious they are to what they're saying. Exactly. But more importantly than whatever he was blathering on about, you seemed highly incredulous. I know the women he's speaking of. Oh. And, um... I do not think they're serial killers. I think that they're dealing with something that I don't understand. Um, you mean like basic hygiene and cleanliness? No, touche. Um, <laughs> yes. And I will say that James has been trying very hard to clean my instruments properly. You need to give that poor boy a break. He will never become a mortician of any caliber. Are you kidding? He's already starting to get a good crook in his in his spine. Everything is going as planned. Oh my... You know how... <clears throat> <laughs> and she just sort of stamps her foot and <laughs> slips on some gold. <laughs> 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 Excuse me, I'm just gonna go use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. And he walks away and yes. leaves you there with these corpses. Perfect. And you notice the, the last corpse, Fran's corpse, mm-hmm. you notice something moving inside her. Oh, yeah. And as Graves is about to leave, he says, Oh, don't worry about that. It's probably a rat that ate its way in and doesn't know how to get out. We'll deal with it in a second. And he leaves. You are truly a tragedy walking. And, uh... Oh, I, she's dead. She doesn't care. Uh, you... You... Sh- <clears throat> and she, like, hikes her skirts up again and is going to go proceed over to Fran's okay. body. All right. And I think uh, her particular quirk with any sort of surgery is that she speaks to herself. Like, she rubber ducks to no one. Right. And it's just, good morning, Fran. Uh, I, it's the evening. I, there's no light down here. My apologies. Let's try that again. Good evening, Fran. I'm very, very sorry that this has happened to you. Uh, I'm Dr. Pell. And she just starts, like, giving this little rant uh, that she uses for, like, bedside manner as she, like, pulls out, like, some sort of general, like, pokey instruments to, like, inspect the body. All right. So when you say pokey instruments, do you cut the skin? Do you not yet avoid where it's, this uh, thing that's moving yeah, around so, is, is is in the like the stomach region? Yeah. So I think she's gonna start. She's gonna give uh, her tummy her tummy time uh, wide berth for now. <laughs> okay. And she's gonna start up at the head. And this is more of just like 
once again she doesn't like touching so she actually has these like custom long like stainless steel in like implements that right. she just sort of like manipulates the body with so she's kind of like turning it on its side okay. and like messing with the eyes and just let's call them like very long chopsticks and right. then she's like at a distance like silver like steel exactly. stainless yeah. steel exactly. chopsticks okay so the first thing that you notice when you're looking at her head, you check her eyes, which is something that you always do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times older people have like cataracts or yeah. milky eye or whatever. But in the center of her eye, both of them, is this strange blue glow that doesn't really make sense. It's just, it's almost like a neon kind yeah. of look in it. Okay. Um and that's the first thing you note is the fact that there's some kind of of something going on in her eye that is uh uncanny bioluminescence i don't know what to place that you have beautiful eyes i will shut them and come back to that in a bit perhaps some sort of like the eel pies i believe uh, on the docks and maybe some sort of electric eel that's nonsense <laughs> This is nonsense. And then she kind of goes down farther down the body and like opens the mouth. Okay. You open the mouth and you hear the sound of just a really soft whisper of Oh, she shut, like slams the mouth shut. Can you give me a, a sand check? <laughs> yeah, I would so love to. So you're rolling against your sanity, which I believe is up there. Yes, yes, yes. Good. 31. You're perfect. You're fine. Oh, so yes. like, Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to slam it inadvertently a little it. too hard. No, she like slams the mandible up and like maybe like breaks a tooth a little bit. Just like, Whoop. no, none of that. <laughs> okay. Friend, I'm going to need you to get <clears throat> yourself together. Mm. You know what? No, it's me. I've had you a long day. You hear the thunk just a few tables down. Um, James? Yeah, yes, ma'am. Are you in the... You know, that wasn't from in the room, was no. it? No. Oh. Oof. You need something. Oh. <laughs> and I think she's conflicted now. Like, she would like to call for backup, but she's also a little freaked out and doesn't want anyone to see her that way. Right. And I think her sense of propriety is going to overwhelm, you know, good common sense. She goes, no, save my tea in the other room. I'll be done shortly. Okay. Oh, stars and garters, what? Uh, if there's anyone else in the room that I can't see, I'm going to need you to wait your turn. Oh, let's, let's keep going. Maybe it's sound displacement, echo room. Let's go for whatever is happening in the torso right now. Okay, so the moving thing? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's this like lump that is moving in erratic ways, mm. just kind of in the stomach area, just underneath the skin. Oh, okay. Amongst his sundry, disgust, utterly dis- disgusting tools, can I get an item as close to a meat mallet as I can find? Oh, absolutely. He's got like a total like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to grab that little boy. And uh, she pulls out one of her surgical wraps rags from earlier, which is covered in blood. Right. And yet still clean. cleaner yes. than her putting her hand on that and she wraps it around her like still leather gloved hand and then grabs the handle and comes over and just smacks the top of it. Okay, so when you smack the top of it, it's like hitting a huge thing of jello. 
Oh. The entire body ripples all the way through. And the mouth opens again. And these maggots and worms start to crawl out of her mouth. And her fingernails and her fingers kind of split and maggots and worms start coming out of it. Oh, my God. Uh, she is horrified. And I think she dry retches uh, into her scarf. Right. But she's like, you see her like her whole like body like sags a bit. She's relieved that like there's a clear, natural explanation. Like, right. Maybe the sound of maggots pushing against each other sounds like a whisper. Right. And... Perhaps somehow, like, that's the reason for the glow. And she, like, calms down a bit and is going to go, that makes much more sense. And she's going to go over and, like, actually, no, she'll pull a scalpel out from her bag and wipes it off in her pinafore. And is like, well, let's out everybody out. (laughs) Just do the torso cut all the way down the center. Yep, the Y torso cut. So as you're you're cutting in, the torso splits open. Oh, my. And it's just a pile, like, the only thing human on her is her skin. Whoa. Everything else is maggots and worms intertwined, moving around. Oh, my goodness. There are no bones. There's no blood. Mm -hmm. She's completely this crawling mass of grossness. And I think just generally, she's just continuing her outward narrative, because that's like her calming process of... Uh, heretofore never seen level of decay preserved like somehow they were able to consume all inner tissues save for the epidermis so let's definitely do a because this is doesn't seem quite natural yeah oh yeah let's do a sand oh definitely uh oh uh, 97? Oh, so... Wait, you didn't tell me at the beginning that I'm supposed to roll low. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's on you. It is on me. I was supposed to tell the dice, and I didn't know to tell the Do dice. Do you want to re-roll? Because I didn't tell you. No. No, this you is sure? fine. Okay. Let's take the problem. All right, so you take four points. Now, just so you know, mm-hmm. with sand loss, up to four, it means that you're like, stunned and like just kind of shaky yeah anything over four it can be a phobia or a you know like fear of blood fear of whatever yeah something something bad happens nice so you take four off of your sand yeah yep, yep. i no. think it's right Here. up there yeah yeah, yeah. It's down to a 61 awesome okay so yeah this this kind of shakes you and right at that moment dr graves comes in and goes dear God, what is what is this? And let's see how he does by seeing all this massive grossness. And as you roll, I think uh, her problem was she definitely thought she was doing that running narrative to calm herself down, but like that was entirely in, in her own head, and she has just been like stuck in that like blue screen of death, just staring at this. Right, horrifying. So he too becomes quite shooken by this, and he calls in James. He says, all right, we need to clean this up. Get a few as a sample, and we're going to push the rest down the grate (laughs) and just look at her skin. Uh And so they start just like taking like brooms, like shop brooms, and just (laughs) shove the maggots and the worms off the table. And then they like take a bucket of like dirty water and wash them down into the thing. That's so good and And awful. And the whole thing is just like, you're just like, I'm not eating ever again. Nope. I think she's just sort of like, like braced against a wall, 
And uh, for someone who like deeply hates touching all surfaces anytime, I think she's kind of got her forehead against like the cool tile wall and is just comforted. Like, oh my God, just cool down. Just immediately overclocked and stressed out. And right. just sort of letting them do that while she tries to like scramble for like, I have to have studied something for that to make sense. Because if that's what I, I don't know how to explain that. That was yeah. wild. Yeah. So after a few horrific moments, you finally get your composure back. Mm-hmm. You see Dr. Graves looking down at the inside of the skin because all that's left is this skin suit. Mm-hmm. This is, um, Dr. Powell, would you please come here? Yes, uh, <clears throat> of, of course, of course. And she pushes her, her glasses back up and walks over. In very well-done penmanship, on the inside where her back would be, oh, it no. says, Ethel, I'm coming for you. Oh, no, no, no. And it's written out somehow and put into her skin. Mm-mm, was, um, um, I, uh, I don't know. And you guys hear a thunk again. What was... Oh, you heard it too. Yes, I I heard it too. That was, um, you know, I I think that when you go and talk with these people, as I said, I I know, like I knew Maggie Cooper before she moved and she was a, she wasn't a killer. You can tell. um, She was a good person. And I don't think the rest, I mean, Miss Pinbottom is from a very, very well-known family. And she's very, very much the kind of upper crust lady, if you would. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say I don't know Ethel very well. I've only heard about her. But this is, I don't know how you would get writing on the inside of a, unless they took out every single bone, everything. Did you see, perchance, any, like, sewing marks where they had maybe shoved all these maggots in? You know I would have noted that immediately. Yes. I don't know how they did this. Somebody took out every single thing, but how would they leave no mark? Harold, you're sort of losing the forest for the trees here. My question is, who would use a human corpse to send a message? Do you want to know the answer to that question? I don't know if I do. I know I don't. Well. Oh, my goodness. We can't let the people at Scotland Yard know about this until we have some facts. (laughs) They'll throw us in Bedlam. They would. (sighs) Well, look, we're not going to... We know what happened to the other two. He's got a gunshot, and mm-hmm. you if you take a closer look at him, you're able to figure out that someone shot him point blank uh-huh. in the back of the head. And the other guy, you see these like really horrible knife marks on bone. Like a lot of times when a knife hits bone, it chips yeah. and all that crap. And so that's what you see. Someone, someone with a lot of strength and frenzy went yes. after this this guy's heart. Absolutely. So those are what you learn from them, but those are things that are 
are very explainable. Explainable. Understand. Like grotesque, but yeah. But Fran, natural. Fran is not. Yeah. So he goes, um, he goes, as I said, maybe the best course of action is for you to speak with them. I wouldn't mention this to them either unless you feel the time is right. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, I know this might sound like a strange thing to do, but I would like your help to secure the bodies to the table uh, until I have them picked up tomorrow. I just don't want any them you to disappear. You don't have to explain. Uh, I thank you. I appreciate feel it. Feel as though I understand. All right, all these weird noises I've never heard before. I just want to make sure they don't get up and walk away. <laughs> and she just sort of like smiles wanly. Yes. And helps secure the bodies down. Uh, are we, does she, do I have a sense of which, uh, like what area in the room or which corpse was making the thud sound? When you look at Tommy. Mm-hmm. His body was kind of looking as if it was looking towards the roof. Mm-hmm. When you turn around, it looks like his head has turned and where his eye, he was watching you. Okay. No, I do hate that. Uh, oh, Tommy, my sweet boy, eyes in one place. Yes. <laughs> and she's going to like very like with uh Harold near her to right. embolden her she's going to come over and like sn- like literally snap the neck back up okay so yeah you do that and the the lab is underneath the ground and so there's this little window with these bars mm-hmm. at the top and there's a little bit of lamplight coming through there mm-hmm. and just as you're snapping you hear that thud again and you look up towards the window and there are two children with mice masks on looking in the window when you look up they you you hear them just giggle just a little bit and they run away Harold never let it be said that London is a land of just it's it's a nightmare it's a, this is a nightmare place look I think James should walk you home I know that you are quite capable person but maybe two people would be better than one. I, I honestly, I wouldn't hate it. Okay. Don't tell anyone. Well, of course not. Thank you. Oh, I will take that tea before we go, though. Here's the tea. And Detective Wilcox left the address of the ladies for you. You can, as I said, I think because Ethel is the one that is spoken of in this uh, communique we have here. <laughs> you may want to start with her, but it's up to you. They're all... Uh, Interesting people. <laughs> I look forward to making their acquaintance. Oh my. If I die doing this, mm-hmm. as a final gift, you will clean this place and yourself up. I, I will not I will not be handled here by you like this. I promise I will order a steel table that is completely clean just for you. Thank you. But let's hope it doesn't come to that. Oh, all we can do is hope. Yes. Whew. Anyway, have a good evening. So you guys, you, too. you know, you drink your tea Eat and you some, head out. some meat, I think. Meat. Yeah, I'll try to get something down after the... Oh, no, not tonight. Yes. Tonight, just... 
bourbon. <laughs> You're not wrong. Gin. If, if, the, if the Americans got one thing right, it was bourbon. It was bourbon, yeah. Yes. And we don't like to admit it, but yes. <laughs> so you make it back home to where Martin is. Yes, your, my darling Martin. Your darling Martin. You live in a really kind of nice apartment loft yeah. it's not very close to the thames yeah so luckily you're not getting that thames like smell that happens yeah. <laughs> during this time period mm -hmm. and he's writing you know just kind of really focused on what he's doing and nice. he's got several pages around him nice uh, can i like describe the scene that sure, i come on cool uh so Sorry, I, I go no you're good so we uh open into the loft and she immediately just begins lisette is incredibly proper and prim outwardly and part of it is a factor of like her new understanding of germs and her subsequent horror at the prospect of them but also yeah she just she's trying to be presentable but the moment she comes inside she's just like shedding clothing and like the pinafore comes down and kind of gets there's a line of her clothes that she'll come back and grab in a bit but like by the time she reaches like main dress components like there's a large like very comfy robe that she like changes into and continues the walk in a straight line up to martin who's like this very tall kind of ruddy uh ginger like a hundred thousand freckles right uh like too tall for like the like workbench that he's at just furiously writing probably like adorably splattered with ink mm -hmm. and she immediately like wraps herself around him ah oh, darling it's good you're home <laughs> so i'm trying this new thing from paris it's it's called absinthe it's oh it's really good oh my so anyway i'm how was your day? I cannot imagine a day I would love to talk less about. It was pretty good. Uh, the normal amount of like, someone fell and split a thing and cut a thing and lots of putting people packed together and then just the most upsetting end to a day. At, uh, you know Dr. Graves. Yes, I do. How is he? Mm disgusting but devoted to his work i understand that um so i was thinking i've i've been writing all day about this um this love scene mm -hmm. and you know it's been a little while since we've uh, bothered the neighbors and so he turns around and he picks you up <laughs> and he takes you over to you guys have this little piano yeah and it's open oh and he put you on the piano yeah. there's this big noise because <laughs> let them hear us <laughs> and that's where we're gonna end nice uh i'm gonna say though she like had she was holding his absinthe at okay. the time too like okay they're very bohemian it's very yeah. cute and that's what yeah, yeah. perfect awesome so that's where we're gonna end <laughs> nice. it thank you very much this was a lot of fun oh my gosh oh my god i'm so excited Oh, she's so nice and has so much to lose and is gonna oh I'm so already like delightfully creeped out I feel like I'm a person with a strong constitution and you've already like oh Wes yes I oh, am you yes. monster you monster <laughs> yeah it's it's uh I have a lot of fun um it's Terry's always so funny she's like shut it <laughs> like, Eddie's, I just ah, like she hates little like hands oh and stuff, yeah and she's, well. uh, yeah <laughs> 
She's all like, oh my God, you, it's just disgusting. <laughs> like, I have a lot of time. Oh my God. That's the most horrifying way <laughs> yeah. to describe that. I have a lot of time on my hands. You know? <laughs> uh, on your tiny hands. On your tiny hands. <laughs> so um, I, I had a lot of fun. Thank you very so much. much. I know that you are everywhere. Tell yes. everybody where you are. <laughs> um, happily, I am most happy to be here. Uh, thank you again. I've been having such a good time. Um, check out our other APs too. But if you like... Uh, Live in studio RPG streaming, you can catch me on Sundays at Saving Throw Show, where I'm playing uh, Demigods, uh, a game you probably recognize by uh, or upcoming or yeah, I don't yeah, know it's how all, it's February. Yeah, right. So oh. this will that'll be in the past when this comes out. Oh, okay, okay, perfect, perfect. Woo-hoo. So you are already aware of what that yeah. is. Um, yeah, playing uh, New Pantheon, which is a Demigods actual play. Uh, on Mondays, you can catch me on Colock 1991, which is a Kids on Bikes actual play right. uh, on saving or oops, on hyper rpg so many studios so, it's it's like three and i can't keep them straight because i'm a goblin <laughs> <laughs> on tuesdays at 8 p.m pacific you can catch me running a fifth edition homebrew game of dungeons and dragons called pirates of salt bay awesome which is super good on saving throw show uh and on wednesdays you can catch me at happy jacks rpg playing masks uh it's a game called eidolon academy that's super fun and good and yeah, that's it. That's awesome. That's it. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. Plus, I'm building a car, and um, <laughs> next week I'm going to figure out fusion. Yeah, so, you know, just like just that. Just you, the little a girl stuff. has to have her hobbies. Yeah, you got to have hobbies. That's what we do when we have all that energy that's not spent on babies. Oh, Wilcox. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> Wilcox is totally like the 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 British like just right? oh. <laughs> I think the best part of that is it's like so well meaning too. Yeah, yeah. That I think and, it's just like, oh you And that can be the worst. Yeah. Because you're like you like the person, but they're yeah. also tools. Yeah, like you're oh like, you're terrible. Yeah. But like bless your heart. You have just enough likability that I can almost stomach your douchiness. <laughs> so um, I am Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games. We make all the different sound effects uh, for your tabletop games. Uh, you can find us on Drive Through RPG or on Battle Bards. You can find us on Twelve Sided Stories. That's twelve the number, then Sided Stories. Um, that's on Twitter and then also on Instagram. Um, I keep doing hand motions because I talk with my hands. It's no, weird. same. <laughs> um, You're good. And uh, so that's it. Thank you. So, like I said, thank you so much to our Patreon backers. And also, if you can, if you have a second, leave us a review or a shout out. Anything you can do uh, is helpful. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time with the full crew. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go to the squad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.